if you snuck in late or um, in case you missed it, uh, my name's Chris. I'm just one of the, um, the team here at Beyond Church. And um, one of the things that I, uh, I love about, about what I get to do um, and that I love um, about my job is I love hearing about people's uh, stories of faith. Like I love when I sit down with someone and I get a coffee or we have lunch or um, we go out to get a drink and I, I get to talk to them and I get to sort of say, hey, um, tell me a little bit about your journey to faith. Like tell me, and I love it especially, right? Um, and, and this is just the way I'm wired, right? I, I love it especially when people um, tell me their aha moment. When someone's like, hey, this is the moment that it all made sense to me. This is when I kind of had all these questions when I wasn't sure about God, but, but this was the moment that it became real. I, I, I get less excited when a Christian who's been a Christian for like 10 years would be like, oh my goodness, I read like the Gospel of John and I learned this new thing. Like, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's cool. And some people get excited about that and that's awesome, we love you, but I'm just not wired that way. Um, and so the, a couple of weeks ago, I was, um, I was getting coffee and I was um, hanging out with a, an awesome young lady, her name's Hayley. In fact, she's getting baptized um, next week at our um, 6 p.m. Um, environment. So you can hear a little bit more about Haley's story there. But I was, I was ca- getting covered with Haley and I was talking to her and, um, and Haley's story is like so many stories of people that I hear at Beyond. Um, she was like, yeah, look, I, I went to this leadership camp and, um, and there was a whole bunch of Christians there and one of the Christians invited me to Beyond. And, um, and Haley told me, she's like, I'd pre-decided before I got here in the car park, this is in January of 2019, I'd pre-decided that I was just going to come this one time, right? Because like I already knew what church was like I kind of went to a Christian school. I had an idea. I pre-decided, and then on top of that, I pre-decided that I might come at Easter or Christmas just to keep my Christian friends happy because I like them and I didn't want to annoy them. I thought, hey, I'll come along um, and, and show them that I'm kind of interested. And then Haley said, um, and then it got really annoying. I was like, well, why was it annoying? She's like, because I came and I wanted to come back. And I came and it made sense to me. And she's like, and then I didn't miss a service for four months. And now next week, she's, she's going to get baptized. And and I was so curious as to like, because I love these stories and every story is a little bit different and every story is a little bit unique. And so I said to her, well, okay, well, well, what was the moment it became personal for you? Like, was there a moment or was there a series of moments? Or, or could, you, could you tell me about that? And, so, and Haley actually said, she's like, well, it, it wasn't one moment per se, but, but it, was, it, was when, it was an invitation. And it was an invitation by, um, by a couple who ran a connect group by, um, by Lockie and Molly. They, they said, hey, you should come to our connect group. And she said, for the very first time, it finally began to make sense to me. All of a sudden, I was, I was held accountable, but in a caring way. All of a sudden, I was challenged, but in the best way possible. All of a sudden, all this kind of Jesus talk that had kind of been out there and disconnected from my life finally began to make sense for me and began to become personal for me in a really, really real way. And, and I love stories ab- um, about this. And this is, um, this is actually Haley here. I got a photo. This is not the best photo, but Haley's like, I don't have that many photos of our connect group because we just love hanging out. We don't take photos. This is Haley here, and this is actually Lockie and Molly um, here. And, uh, and I love hearing stories like this. And the reason that I love hearing stories uh, like this is because beyond and church in general is so much more than a Sunday. It's so much more than 45 minutes or 50 minutes that we hang out together. It happens all throughout the week. And when you hear stories like this, you get to hear about some of the rock star leaders that are part of this community that every single week are making a difference in the lives of people. And some of you, right, you hear a story like this and you hear Haley's story and you think about your own life. And you think, you know what, if I'd have had a Lockie or if I'd have had a Molly in my life, then, then maybe there would be some relationships that I wouldn't have got into. Maybe, maybe there would have been some people to kind of challenge me when I was making certain sets of decisions and kind of say, hey, you know, we think, we think that there's more in store for your life than, than just those decisions. 
Maybe, maybe I, you would have looked at this and you said, you know what, if I had some people who were a little bit older pouring into my life, maybe I wouldn't have as many regrets around financial decisions or career choices or whatever it is. Maybe your life would just be full of a few less regrets. And I love stories like this because it shows us that church is far, far bigger than just a few minutes together. And the reason I share a story like that to kind of kick off our time together um, is because right from the very beginning of Beyond, we've been super, we were super, super intentional and we still are super and super intentional because we said that what we wanted to do with, this, with our church is we wanted to create a church that was a little bit different. We wanted to create a church that was driven and fueled by relationships. We said we don't want church to be just music and a message. Music and a message. Someone gets up, plays a few songs, then there's a talking head, gets up, says a few words, and then you kind of leave and it's all done. We wanted Beyond to be a place that was characterized and driven by relationships. Now, you can't manufacture and you can't, um, you can't manufacture relationships, but we sort of said, hey, one of the best ways to facilitate healthy relationships is actually to create irresistible environments. It's to create environments where, where people, when they come to it, they want to lean in. When youth come to, when kids go into environments, they want to lean in and they want to understand, hey, what's going on? Tell me more about this whole God thing. And we've actually gone so far as to kind of define um, our, what an irresistible environment looks like for us. And you might have never thought about this before, but it'll make sense when I tell you. And um, we've actually said irresistible environments have appealing settings. That's why we, at, at our AM environment, we have a creche area for the kids. We just don't kind of rock up. The people spend some time like putting random foliage around and putting chairs that are a little bit comfortable and makes it easier for parents to, to sit alongside their kids. If you come at the night, you'll see that we have like all kind of lights and lasers and smoke machines and all sorts of stuff because that's appealing to that generation. At our youth environments, they're appealing because we want people to want to lean in to what we have to say. We also said this, that, that in any of our environments, we want to have engaging communication, which essentially means if you get up and you have the privilege to talk to a bunch of youth, that the youth actually want to have listen to what you've got to say that they want to lean in. That if you have a microphone in front of you and you're singing, that you can actually sing. Right? That if you're going to play the guitar and you're going to lead people in music, that you actually know how to play the guitar. Otherwise, it's disengaging. Otherwise, people are like, what is going on? This doesn't make sense at all. And then the third thing we said is that there needs to be helpful content. Something that every single communicator um, gets asked all the time. I got asked of it before this message we, we talk to all of our communicators across all of our environments here at Beyond. The one question we ask is, is what we're saying helpful? Does it help people to change their lives? Does it bring people a little closer to Jesus? Does it bring someone who has no understanding or no idea of faith, does it cause them to say, you know what, I could, I could actually apply that to my life. My life would maybe be a little bit better if I did some of those things. And here's why we make such a big deal to make it helpful, Right? And make sure that it's engaging. Because no one's life ever got changed by information. It's only applied information that changes lives. So at any of our environments, we don't want people to get up just for the sake of it and go, hey, here's some information. We want you to see that it's helpful. We want you to see that it's beneficial. We want you to see that it can change your life if you apply it. And, uh, and when you think about it right, when you, when you start to understand this, you start to understand just how weird it would be if all church was was a talking head. Like you think about it, that would be so weird. 
if all church was was someone that got up and was like, here's some information, go on with your life. Because it's missing something. It's missing an element. And a guy that we talk a whole lot about here um, at Beyond, his name was Paul. Um, and if, if you're kind of brand new to church and you've got no idea who Paul is, Paul is the person who started the first ever church. And Paul began to start all these churches around the Mediterranean Rim, which is kind of odd to think about, right? That there was a time in history just over 2,000 years ago where the local church didn't exist. And maybe some of you, depending on your experience with church, you're kind of like, you know, I kind of wish that was sort of the case. Like, I kind of, I'm frustrated, I'm annoyed that I came here this morning. I just got dragged along. We're so glad you're here. But Paul kind of started, and, and what, the way that Paul would do it is, he would start these churches, and, um, <clears throat> and all these Jesus followers would start to come, and people would begin to follow Jesus. And then Paul would say, right, I guess I'm out. And Paul would go to a different city, or a different region, or a different area, and he would start these new churches, and these new gatherings of Jesus followers. And Paul had done this for, for quite a while. And, and over his time doing this over and over again, Paul had looked in and Paul had observed, hey, there, there are some things that are, that are characteristics of really healthy groups and um, move Jesus, uh, movements of Jesus followers. And there are some things that are not so healthy. There are some things that I would give advice to and say, hey, if you're going to want to be a, a local church that's firing on all cylinders, here's some of the things that I would say to you about that. And, uh, and so Paul like, writes a whole bunch of letters to a whole heap of different churches that he started. Um, we actually have them. They make up the majority of the New Testament documents. And within these like, letters that Paul writes to these churches, he often ex- uh, talks to them and explains, hey, here's some of the things I've observed, and here's some of the ways in which your church can be healthier. Now, here's something you need to know about the, the particular document we're going to look at today. Is that when Paul and when the early Jesus followers thought of and heard the word church in their mind, they did not think what we often think about when it comes to church. They did not think of a specific building and a specific location at a specific time because Paul didn't talk that way and Jesus didn't talk that way and Jesus' earliest followers never spoke that way. In fact, if I could like, have my way and go back and rewrite the entire um, English New, uh, New, uh, New Testament, I'd take out the word church because it kind of got smuggled in there and I don't think it should have ever been put in there because we think of a building But when Paul spoke about church and when Jesus spoke about church, he spoke about people. They were talking about relationships and the ways in which those relationships were supposed to work and function together. And so we're going to look at a document that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth just over 2,000 years ago. And Paul looks in and when he says church, he's not talking about a building. He's sort of saying, hey, all of us together, as we work in relationships, as we live in relationships, this is what it could look like. And I kind of had this idea in my mind that perhaps Paul had seen a few too many talking heads. And perhaps he wrote this letter to the Corinthians to address this idea that church is not a location and it's not about a talking head. He says this. He says, all of you together are Christ's body. To which we would say, well, like, the you. Who's, who's you? Who, who do you mean when you say that, Paul? And he said, each of you which means that, that every single one of you um, has a part to play. Now, if you grew up in church and you hear this idea like each of you, you might think of this like song that you might have heard or this phrase that you might have heard that, that says that the church is the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. And that's, that's where this fra- saying comes from. That's where this phrase comes from. What Paul is saying here is that I by myself am not the church. You by yourself are not the church. But when we get together, when we are in community, when we're working and living together, people get a glimpse 
And people get a glimpse into what it's like to sit in the presence of Jesus. And Paul says, when all of you come together, this is the closest that people can get to seeing what it would be like if Jesus was here today. And then he goes on and he says, every single one of you is a part of it. Now, he's just talking specifically to Jesus followers, right? He's saying, if you're a Jesus follower, whether you realize it or not, whether you signed up for it or not, whether you're like, yeah, okay, I'm part, uh, I'm part of it. Paul says, no, 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 if you're a Jesus follower, you are a part of it. And then things get really, really interesting from here on out. He says this. He says, the human body has many parts, but the parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. And I just kind of imagine Paul's like, am I going too fast? Is everyone, everyone keeping up? And we'll all be like, yes, it makes total sense. Okay, Paul, the hand is not a whole body. The foot is not a whole body. Okay, my big ears are not my whole body, but they're part of the body. In fact, like you think about this, if you were to cut my hand off and sit it on the stool here, that would be gross, right? That's just weird. Like, why would you do that? Because like, it by itself is not the body, but it is when it functions together with all the other parts of the body, it is a part of the body. And then Paul goes on, and Paul says something that we kind of miss because we're sitting 2,000 years later in a different culture. So I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to read it to you, and then I want you to contextualize it for you. Because what Paul is going to write and what he's going to share with us, every single one of us has a group of these people in our lives, but it's often specific to the individual. So I'm going to read it all, and then I'm going to explain what Paul says. He says, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized. And when he says this word baptized, he's not really referring to what's going to happen next Sunday night with Haley. What he's more so saying is, for those of you who have chosen to follow Jesus, have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Now, let me explain. Paul says here, some of us are Jews and some of us are Gentiles. And all the Jews would have been like, <clears throat> Paul, can we have a time out? Okay, we need, to, we need to come over here. We need to talk. You're a Jew, so, so you get it. You're, you're like us, Paul. You, you understand this, right? Um, the Gentiles can join us, but, but they're going to join us. We're not going to join them and create something brand new. They've got to join. Because, Paul, remember, like, God has the agreements with us. Like, God made the agreements with the Jews, not with the Gentiles. So if they're going to kind of come across, they should come across and they should come into our body. And all the Gentiles would have been listening to, to kind of this and be going, like, yeah, you're right, Paul, actually. And we don't want to join your body anyway because you don't let our kids hang out with your kids. When we invite you into our houses, you've always got some reason why you can't come in and we know what it is. You don't want to eat our food. You look down on us. You, you don't like the way in which we, we don't have all these ceremonies that you do and you judge us. And we don't want to be a part of your body. We don't want to jump in on that. Yet 2,000 years ago, this group of Jews and this group of Gentiles put their differences aside and came together. And the reality is all of us have groups of people, and I, I don't know who it is for you, but all of us have groups of people where we say, you know what, oh, if they're, if they're going to be there, I, I'm, I don't want to be a part of it. If, if they're going to come, if they're going to be people like that there, if they're going to be people who think that way or talk that way there, then, then I'm not going to be a part of it. And Paul says, well, we need to navigate and we need to learn to put our differences aside for the things we have in common. And then he says something that 
that would have been so hard for anyone in the first century to wrap their heads around. He says this, some are slaves and some are free. And people would have been like, hang on, Paul, what, are you saying that, that the owned and the owners are equal in this body? Because, Paul, we don't even make eye contact with our slaves. And our slaves, they, they certainly don't make eye contact with us and they respond when we talk at them, but we don't talk to them, we don't have a relationship with them. And Paul would say, no, no, no. In Jesus' body, there is no difference between the owned and the owners because everyone is treated with the same level of dignity. And 2,000 years ago, this changed the world. And 2,000 years ago, communities all across the Mediterranean Rim began to put their differences aside and began to come together to form a brand new body. And everyone would have resisted at first. But eventually, people began to come together. And the first century audience, as soon as they heard this, they would have all been like, really? Do we have to do this? And Paul would have said, yes. The body has many different parts, not just one part. There is not one part that's better than the other. It's got many different parts. In fact, I think Paul would say it this way. He would say, whoop, it's not about one of us. It's about all of us. It's not about one group of people. It's not about Jews. It's not about Gentiles. It's not about slaves. It's not about free. It's not about people with a microphone or people with music. It's not about one of us. It's about all of us. And Paul kind of takes this to another level. And, and you probably might miss like Paul's kind of attempt at stand-up comedy here. But be, go easy on him because it's the first century. Um, Paul says, if the foot says, okay, this is Paul's attempt at humor, ready? If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. Right, he's kind of going to this extreme. He's going, hey, imagine if the foot was to look up at the hand and be like, ah, the hand is so cool. It gets to, gets to play on its iPhone. It gets to eat ice cream. It gets to hold other hands. Look at me, I'm covered up all the time. And then when I play footsies with someone, I'm like, oh, sorry. Oops, sorry, I didn't mean that. Oops, sorry. And the foot just gets kind of hacked off. And, and if the foot was to be like, no, I'm out. Everyone would say, well, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And then he keeps going. He's like, and if the ear says I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make any, it any less a part of the body? Like if the ear wasn't there, who would hear the ear's complaints? That's just a little joke. I'll put that in the mode of dad jokes out there. Um, but could you imagine that? Could you imagine the ears like to, looks at the eye and it's like, ah, oh, the eyes are the window to the soul. And here I am on the side of someone's head, no one wants to pay attention to me unless the doctor wants to jam that thingy in my ear. And it's like, I don't want to be, have any attention paid to me then. But no one thinks I'm as cool as the eye. But even then, Paul would say, we would not say it's any less a part of the body. And then he goes, he continues to go on. He says, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. Let's just keep this going, right? Because can you, you can imagine how silly this is. Could you imagine if the eye said to the hand, <coughs> I don't need you anymore? But then a couple of minutes later, like 10 minutes later, the eye's like, I've got an eyelash in my eye. And then the hand's like, congratulations, you played yourself. Like, you can get that out your own. Like, just keep blinking for a while. Like, I don't know. Like, what are you going to do? And then it goes on. It says, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Could you imagine that? The head's like, nah, I'm done with you guys. I don't need you. And the feet's like, okay. Next time you're running late for work, good luck operating the pedals of the car. Next time you got a headache, Good luck walking over to get the coffee that you need or the Panadol that you need. Like, 
we would all look at that and we, we, we understand where he's coming from. And then Paul says this, he says, on the contrary, those parts that seem weaker are indispensable. Every single part has a part to play. Even the parts that people would be like, you know what, they, are, they don't seem such as cool. Like we cover them up or they're on the side of the head. Like, well, they're not as cool as some of the other parts. Paul would say they're indispensable. And here's, I'm just going to share something that really bugs me about church leaders. And it's not all church leaders, but, but sometimes it's a thing that you hear in church circles and it just bugs me. And so I'm going to share it because this is a safe space and I trust you um, not to tell anyone. It really makes me mad and it really infuriates me when people kind of elevate people that have a microphone, whether that's a man or a woman on a, on a Sunday and they talk and they're like, oh, well, that's the person that drives our church. That is the most important position in our church. Here's why that makes me mad. Next week, we're going we're gonna to hear Haley's story about her faith journey at night. And we've baptized a whole heap of people here at Beyond. And every single time, people get up and they get to share their story. And they get to share parts of their story. You know what no one's ever said? That talking head just changed my life forever. You know what they do say? They say, a part of the body invited me to Beyond. And then a part of the body welcomed me as I was coming in. And then another part of the body checked my kids into a kid's environment. And then another part of the body sang to me. And then another part of the body spoke to me. And then another part of the body invited and came over and had a conversation with me so I didn't feel awkward, got to learn my kids' names. And then another part of the body invited me to a connect group. And then another part of the body challenged me to maybe it's time to contribute and be a part of what you're a part of already. Why? Because all the parts of the body are playing their part and there is not one that's elevated over the other. And if you ever hear anyone say that, Jesus never said that. And Paul certainly never, ever said that. And then he continues, he says, but God has put the whole body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. And then he says this, so that, here's why, so that there would be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. In other words, the body is supposed to work together so that there's no division, so that every single one of us has equal concern for each other. And here's, here's what I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you, if you're not playing your part, this is the big idea of this message, I want you to begin to play your part. Because we need you to play your part. We want those of you who come along and you be like, I love my church, I love it, I, pre oh, I appreciate it so much. It's so great. We want those of you who appreciate to begin to participate. We want you to say, you know what, I'm actually going to play my part. Whatever that part is, I'm going to go and I'm going to figure out, I'm going to discover it. And I'm not, I'm not just going to say, hey, I appreciate it, I'm going to participate. And the reason is, is because the body misses something. And the body misses out when you're not playing your part. Really, we need you to be beyond church. We need you to begin to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. We actually need you to be beyond church, just like um, just like Kate and Dan are part of uh, our beyond church. Kate and Dan, maybe you've seen them around at the AM. Kate and Dan actually lead a connect group, and they pour into young families across our community. Kate's actually on our connections team here at the AM. Um, you might have seen Kate, you know, if you've been here a couple of times. Kate's always at the front door, always at the gate, um, 
getting to know you, welcoming people in. Dan works at USC as an IT audiovisual officer, and Kate actually works at QUT as a team leader in the library. They've got a little um, daughter. She's six years old. Her name's Ella. Um, we need you to be beyond like Kim. Kim uh, is finishing up her secondary education degree and studying a Bachelor of Arts as well. She works at uh, Lutheran Youth of Queensland. Kim actually oversees all the worship across our AM and our PM environments here. And every Friday night, she goes out to Caboolture to pour into the next generation of youth that are coming through Caboolture because that's where Kim went to school. And Kim wants to make a difference that she didn't have the ability to make a difference in. We need you to be beyond like Lockie is. If you're in a group, Lockie is actually our group director. So if you're in a group, you have, whether you know Lockie or not, you've been impacted and you've been touched by Lockie. Lockie's fiance is Molly. She actually leads our kids' um, environment. Uh, and Lockie is uh, currently studying a Bachelor of Business and a Bachelor of Ministry. We need you to be beyond, like we need you to be beyond, like Melinda is beyond. Okay, Melinda's a pediatric occupational therapist, which is nearly too smart for me to say. Um, she serves on our tech team here at Beyond across our AM and PM services. She dates, uh, she has an awesome boyfriend, his name's James. We need you to be beyond, like Paul and Emily, and their two awesome children, Grace and uh, Olivia, oh, Ollie, sorry, um, Olivia, jeez Louise. So many names. Ollie, that's Ollie, that's Grace. Um, Paul, uh, he works in commercial landscaping, and Emily, this is a mouthful, okay? Emily works, uh, is a part-time scientist in the Bone Marrow Transplant Laboratory at the Royal, and they serve on our music team at the AM here. We need you to be part of Beyond, like our uh, music leader this morning, Naomi. So Na Na Naomi uh, leads mostly in the AM, but sometimes at the PM, um, and during the week she's a paralegal at a small law firm, um, and she wrote here that she has a super good-looking husband called Matt, which is interesting. You'll see Matt at, in the, at the end, if you, you know, and, uh, and they have an awesome dog, which they spoil, called Bella. Um, we need you to be beyond, like, Brandon, a.k.a. Don. Okay, this guy is like a lighting wizard. He is our lighting des set designer at the PM. He's incredible. He's responsible for all the smoke machines and all the lights. He's actually an assistant manager at Woolworths. We need you to be beyond, like, Jeremy. Jeremy's taking a gap year this year, and she works part-time um, as, a, as a retail assistant. But Jer Jeremy's like a, another level leader. So Jeremy serves and is, plays a part in pouring into the next generation in our kids' environment on a Sunday morning. She also is a part of our senior youth environment on a Friday night. And if you're here at night, she also is part of the audio-visual team that operates all the PowerPoints and all the slides and everything so that you know exactly what you're trying to sing. Jeremy is just an absolute rock star and finally, we need you to be beyond like Annabelle is beyond. So Annabelle actually just graduated high school last year. Currently, she's a receptionist at a physio clinic. She's a triathlon coach at her old school because Annabelle was, a, uh, was an all-star triathlete when she was younger. And uh, this year, she's actually jumping in and serving for the first time as part of the hosting team and part of our youth environments, pouring into um, the next generation on a Sunday night and also on a, uh, on a Friday night as well with our senior youth and uh, some towns, our junior youth as well. So uh, here's, here's a question I have. What's wrong with these people? Like, on a, like what's wrong with these people? Like, like don't, aren't their jobs busy enough? Aren't their lives busy enough? Don't, don't they have enough commitments with family? Don't they have friends that they need to hang out with or go and talk to? Are they, like, paying for some kind of, like, debt that they feel like they... they, they like earlier in their life, they made some mistakes and like, I've got to make up for this. I've got to, you know, I've got to fix this. I've got to do something about this. The answer is no. No, it's not. That's not the case with any of these people. 
In fact, all of these people have, have discovered and realized that life actually has more meaning when it's given to something greater than themselves. That they have an opportunity that they never thought they would have and that they wish they'd had in their own lives. Where they have a positive influence and they had someone to pour into them. And in doing this and in actually playing their part, what they actually discovered is meaning. And you can talk to these leaders and you can just talk to any of our leaders here and what you'll often find is the same story is you'll, you'll hear them say like, I never thought that I would have an opportunity to make the difference that I make. I never thought that I would have the opportunity to speak truth into someone's life or to share or to walk alongside one or to be a part of changing someone's life in the way that I have been able to through the local church. And so we just want you to begin to play your part because you've been impacted by so many of these people and you don't even know their names. There are people who set our leadership and set our budgets, and you don't even know their names. There are people who lead all our leaders and pour into them. There are people who put all the rosters together and make sure all our leaders understand what we're trying to achieve. There are people who months in advance, like, talk to our teams, make sure the songs are selected, make sure they know what series are coming up, make sure they know what events we've got going on, make sure that things start to get organized, and you've never even met them. But you've been impacted by them they're just a part of the body playing their part so i want to invite um our band back up and i want to make two really awkward minutes i want to do two really awkward minutes for some of you church is awkward enough as it is so i get that so this is just two extra awkward minutes for you but here's what here's what i want you to do in these two minutes i want you to get out your phones and and even I i want everyone to get out their phones and you can go to your web browser and go to this address www.beyondchurch.com.au and I'm going to go there as well. And as, uh, as you're going there, here's what I want you to do. You will find when it comes up on your web browser, if you go to www.beyondchurch.com.au that there's a little tab. And that there is a little tab that if you scroll across, it says, I am beyond. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to click on that tab um, and it'll take you to part of our page. Now, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen first before you do it, right? In that page, I want you to fill in your name, your best contact number, all of that stuff. And what we're going to do in this is we want to ask some questions about you. We want to find out a little bit about you. And then what we want to do is during the week, one of our leaders or one of, on one of our teams is going to contact you with some ways that you can actually begin to play your part. And here's our promise, because we, we understand that you put your you, uh, your information into places all the time and then you get spammed with emails. We promise you that you will not be contacted unless it's about this. This is not going into some database. You're not going to get spammed with emails about everything that's going beyond. What, whatever information you put into this section of our website stays in this section of our website. And here's, so the band's going to play a song and we're just going to actually, for this final song, we're actually going to say, hey, just, just remain seated. Just stay sitting because we want you to actually fill this out. We don't want you to get so caught up and be like, oh, the band's going to play this awesome song. We're going to get distracted and sing along. We want to give you this opportunity to begin to play your part. And before we do that, before we do that, I kind of want to embarrass some people. If you're a leader here at Beyond and you serve in any environment whatsoever, can I get you to stand up just for a second? And I know some of you, I can see. Yeah, you got, well, you stand up too, Andrew. Can we just thank these leaders for the difference that they make? 
Because you probably didn't know this. Thanks, you guys can sit down. Because you probably didn't know this, because Beyond is more than a Sunday. There are people in serving in all different ways, making a difference in the life of so many different people. And you didn't know this. And so we don't want you to miss the opportunity to play your part. Because the reality is Beyond is not the same unless we're all playing our part together.